Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky of Break of Day Capital. I talk to leading experts to discuss a wide range of subjects to educate investors on best-in-class practices to build legacy wealth and positively impact communities. Let's jump in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Investor Podcast. I'm your host, Gary Lipsky with Break of Day Capital. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Asset Management Mastery, where we have a great community of thousands of like-minded individuals sharing resources and best practices. Hey, everyone. We have launched the BODC Multifamily Impact Fund. Invest with a trusted operator with a track record of success. Our fund offers diversification, risk mitigation, tax benefits, and stringent acquisition criteria. If you'd like to learn more, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com. Choosing the right insurance coverage for multifamily properties isn't that complicated, if you know who to talk to. At the Garzella Group, we're uniquely qualified to help you navigate the range of policy choices you have, and we're committed to saving you 30% in the process. We do intensive market research and have nationwide relationships, so we can find coverage other insurance brokers simply can't. We should talk. Go to quotenow.biz and we'll start the conversation. Today on the podcast, we have DJ McClear. DJ is the VP of Business Development and National Flood Experts. With a commitment to innovate flood insurance solutions, NFE has saved clients over $15 million in premiums and added nearly $300 million in property value. Thanks for joining us, DJ. Can you start by telling the listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do? Absolutely. Yeah, it's good to see you, Gary. Yeah, my name is DJ McClure. I've been with National Flood Experts now for about five and a half years. Got in pretty early on with the company and have really just enjoyed the journey of you know growing our audience and you know really working with all the different real estate classes. So you know we work with property owners and flood zones to help reduce or even eliminate the requirement for their flood insurance costs. So a very niche solution that you know can be hugely impactful you know when a solution is found. So say I'm looking at a property in a flood zone. You know I call you. And what are the things that you do to help lower my insurance, to add more value? Walk me through that. Yeah. So flood insurance is kind of one of the more unique lines of insurance in that, you know, a lot of people get their flood insurance through FEMA's program. So it has some standard guidelines that the policies, you know, all use consistently to calculate the premium rating. So, you know, one of the things that our team does is they break down that rating down to the engineering variable level. You know, you've got close to about 20 different factors that are being used whenever the policy is being quoted. And there's some different assumptions and estimations that are being done, you know, by FEMA in the process. So one of the things our team does is really auditing all of these details and, you know, finding the areas where the data can be optimized. And then you go back to the carrier and say, hey, look, we found a way to improve the rating here. And that will in turn drop the premium costs. And the best part about that situation is that you then have an, a year-over-year impact. You pretty much have a good idea of what your increases could be then for the following years, which is very different than you know property insurance. But then also, one of the things our team is looking for is to see if there are some discrepancies in the flood zone itself that's pulling in your property and then consequently having a lender require flood insurance. But we, we look to see if that can be changed so the requirement can be dropped. It's really valuable. You know, as 
anyone can pull up a flood map. And so if you're looking at a property as a GP or even as an LP and you, and you see a property in there, your, your first reaction may be, I'm going to pass. But knowing some of the things that you can do is very worthwhile that maybe the next person down the street isn't doing the correct due diligence, isn't finding the value and going to you, you're able to reduce my costs and create, a, like you said, a ton more value to the property. Yeah, I mean, in markets like Houston, like you mentioned, I mean, we have found literally probably over a million dollars in cost savings just in the greater Houston market um, in my time with the company. And there's markets like that all over the country, you know, where you have saturated areas that you would think at first glance, like, wow, it's the Gulf. There's no chance that you can do anything. But, you know, you have to understand the flood maps are created at a macro level and the different communities are the ones that are handling the updating of their flood study all over the country, some of them with greater interest in detail than others. So it's one of those things that you have to question it, even if it seems extremely unlikely, because it could be, like I said, it could be on the policy side where there's an opportunity, could be on the flood zone side, but there's a lot of hidden NOI in these properties if people are willing to give it a little extra attention. So we might have some listeners out there that already have a property in a flood zone, they call you now. What what can you do for them now that they've already owned the property? Sure. Yeah. We look at properties in all different parts of the life cycle. And probably most of our projects are with existing owned buildings. So we put every property through our proprietary review. Our engineers take a huge deep dive into all these different data points, elevation points of the buildings, the surrounding areas, the flood zone, the flood policy. It's a super in-depth review. I'd say it's really what our team has probably a, a more cutting edge angle on. And so we take that property through the review process. There's no cost to the owner for this upfront desktop review. And right now we're consistently averaging a solution in 50% of the properties that we look at. So we're going to come back with what looks like the next steps. Could be a solution, could be you know, an unfortunate, sorry, we can't help. And then there's also a number of properties where we see some discrepancies or some holes in the data and we'll suggest, you know, getting one of our in-house team on the property itself to gather some new information and then kind of redo the review process from square one. And it's a 70% hit rate when we get one of our team on site. So it's all about being logical, sophisticated, and very detailed to try to give you know, a very objective approach to the scenario because we guarantee the outcomes. Any solution we find, we don't even charge our clients until we've, you know, got confirmation of the project. So my next question is going to be, because I'm a numbers guy. Okay. So it's free to, you know, get a consultation, but like, how do you base your costs? Like is based on your sa- the savings or, you know, how does that work? Yeah. Good question. Right. Let's get down to the dollars and cents. You know, most of our projects have a cost that's relative you know, to the annual flood premium. There's exceptions, there's complexities in certain cases that are outside of that criteria. But in a lot of ways, you're able to really understand the value because you're looking at, okay, I'm paying 25000 or 6000 for my annual flood premium. You can very easily calculate what the return on investment is going to be. Because in a lot of these cases, our clients are getting refunds back from the carrier as a result of the project, or it's substantially reducing their year-over-year premium as a result. So talk to me about maybe one of your your 
hardest projects or one of the more recent projects, someone reached out to you and they're in a flood zone and what you're able to, to do for them. So, you know, give me like a case study. Yep. Great case. We just got the solution solidified. Jackson, Mississippi, right? It's an area that, again, you'd probably put that on the top five areas that you would think you could never find a flood zone solution, you know, with the Mississippi River running through there. And it's a really large property. Plan of ours was just acquiring it, 30 plus buildings. And so looking at some of the the older data, you know, we realized that there were some, some things that needed to be updated, some things and changed in the area. So it was one of those properties where we suggested to our client that it would be a worthwhile expense to have our team get on site and capture some new information. And so we brought it back and, you know, at a 30 something buildings, we couldn't help everyone. And that's not uncommon. You know, you've got obviously variations in topography and different ways that buildings are constructed on those large sites. And so we ended up coming back with uh, half the buildings that we could go to FEMA. It's a very complicated flood zone in that particular area, given all the different waterways that they have running through there. And so it's putting an analysis together of both the flood zone, it's an analysis of the property, and then proving these you know, to FEMA to say, hey, look, these 15 buildings have characteristics that we can show here to where they can be removed from the special flood hazard area or the 100-year flood zone. And so for this investor, you know, he's just recently closed on the property. And so for him, he's going to get the, the largest impact because from day one, he's been able to, you know, reduce his flood insurance requirements. And it's bonus appreciation for him because the seller had a flood policy on every single building. He obviously wasn't able to reflect those savings and NOI and his sale price. You know, this buyer now has, I'm trying to think of the dollar amount that it was, but we're talking several hundred thousand worth of value that he's already been able to create before doing any other projects. You know, someone calls you guys and then says, hey, I want to do that, you know, do the work. How long does that take? You know, the average case is probably in under 60 days, start to finish. We have had cases to where, you know, all the details were in order. We had a case back in December to finish out the year. I mean, it was a couple buildings. Client had their flood renewal at the end of December. And we were actually able to review the property same day, talk to the client, get a contract in place, had it submitted to FEMA within 48 hours. And then another 48 hours later, we already had the approval from FEMA. So there are certain cases that can be put through our expedited channels, a little bit of a lightning in a bottle scenario. But some of these more complex cases, like the one in Jackson I described, you know, that's more of like a five to six week total process. And so in that case, like, because you're able to, you know, get half the properties out outside of the flood zone. So the insurance policy, does that get really complicated? Or, well, it's FEMA, so it does, you know, it's a little easier process because half are in, half are out. And how does that look in the insurance policy? Well, with flood, you generally have a flood policy for each individual building. Now, if you go to the private market, some of your brokers will be able to write a policy that covers all the buildings, you know, in one single policy. But that's probably about maybe 30% of cases that we see, you know, going through FEMA's program is generally pretty common. So you'd see a policy on every building. This particular operator can elect to not carry flood insurance on those half of the buildings. So he'll only have policies on the other half going forward. Now, great part about that is that transfers to a buyer automatically. It carries forward. If he refinances, you know, 
in the future when, you know, fingers crossed, there's more favorable rates to do that with. But that's the great part about these solutions is that they're not one and done. They're, you know, year over year. So is it in perpetuity or is there an expiration period at some point? No, there's no expiration. Like these solutions with the flood zone specifically, they are valid for the life of the flood map. Flood maps are updated about every 12, 15 years in most parts of the country. And so as these map amendments are approved by FEMA, when they go to do the map update locally, uh, they're generally taken into account. And, you know, there are some cases every once in a while where a flood zone may worsen because of a particular reason. But in a lot of cases, the flood maps are improving in a lot of markets as the infrastructure is updated. But with the flood policies, if we're able to improve the rating, they're going to see that effect in perpetuity because it's lowered what the ceiling price of that policy would be. Uh, FEMA introduced something called the full risk premium on their policies now. So you know what the finish line ceiling price of that policy will be. And then you may only see, you know, three to 5% added on as an increase thereafter. Obviously, I'm not a, an expert on the flood zones at all. What else should I be asking that I haven't asked? It's all about the due diligence checklist. I think you start from square one, even if you've already owned the property, you, know, you go back to having these checklists and floods one of those items that I think doesn't always get included. So if you own something right now, look at your portfolio and ask yourself, do I have a flood insurance requirement on any of my buildings? Because sometimes the flood zone will just hit the, the slightest corner of a building and the lenders will still have to require it legally. So you want to ask yourself, do I have anything in my portfolio currently with a flood insurance requirement? Send those to someone like us to look at. If you're talking about future properties that you might be looking to buy, when you're in underwriting, just keep the flood zone website just saved. Every property you look at, if it's one that you're thinking about making an offer, throw that in and see if the blue 100-year flood zone area touches any of the buildings. Because regardless of what the seller's telling you, just because they don't have a flood insurance requirement, that doesn't mean it's going to be the same for you. You could have a different lender. They could have no debt. There's any number of situations that can apply. So this gets overlooked a lot. And then if you do get into due diligence, ask for the seller's flood insurance policies. Ask for elevation and topography. You know, Get as much information as you can. So that way you can get that to someone like us. We can review it in the early stages of due diligence. If there's a solution, we can get the ball moving as soon as the contract is firmed and potentially have these solutions confirmed and approved by FEMA before you've even closed. Yeah, I buy properties in Arizona. Would some of this show up, let's say, if something was touching a flood zone in like a zoning report? Is that where you would look for it or? Possible. I wouldn't say that's where I would typically find it. You know, the fastest way is, you know, if you just go to a basic Google search and you just Google FEMA flood zone, you're going to see their site pop up. It's an Esri site that has, you know, just layers of the flood map being put over a satellite view. That's the simplest way. It doesn't require a lot of sophistication to be able to see if, you know, the blue area is touching any of your buildings. You don't have to worry if it's in the parking lots unless you have a HUD type loan. They'll typically require flood insurance if the flood zone even touches any part of the property itself. But with all the loan programs, it's only if it's touching an enclosed structure. Well, DJ, 
you know, it's great to have you on. I mean, I like I said, I didn't know anything about flood insurance, so it was great education for me. Hopefully, really provided some golden nuggets for some of our listeners. And you cover all property types all over the country, anywhere where there's a potential for flooding. That's right. We've done projects in almost all 50 states. We're missing the Dakotas and Alaska. Excellent. Um, excellent. Well, yeah, you find this stuff good. everywhere. Everyone immediately thinks coastal, you know, when they think flood zones, but probably 90% of our projects are inland, to be honest. So something to look for. So thanks so much. Where can listeners find out more about you and National Flood Experts? You know, I encourage anyone to go to our website. We've really built in a, a wealth of knowledge and case studies and content for lots of different asset classes because you do see some patterns across different, you know, asset property scenarios. And you can reach me at dj at nationalfloodexperts.com and or find me on LinkedIn as well. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for your time, DJ. And I look forward to running into you at some more upcoming conferences. I'm um, sure I'll see you again in the next few months. This is Gary Lipsky signing off. I'll be back next week with another informative episode on the Real Estate Investor Podcast. To all of our listeners, thanks for joining us. And if you like this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher and like, subscribe, and leave a review as it will help us reach more people. And if you'd like to learn more about what we do at Break of Day Capital, head over to our website at breakofdaycapital.com and sign up for our newsletter and fill out our investor application. We'll talk to you next week. Bye.